This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. At Midland Community Stadium, nice press box. To college. Michigan slappy. Don't deflect. To the pros. Riley Patterson, not trustworthy. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Good to be with you inside the Blasey Electric Studios right here on the payoff. Fueled by Forward Energy and Convenience Stores. I am Brad Tunney. We've got Ben Bosher, Ben Clevenger with us. High atop Dow Diamond. John Vicari out on assignment for our high school football game of the week. Also presented by our friends at the Cor- Forward Corporation. There are some big ones around the region tonight. And whether you're driving to it or already tailgating, appreciate you tuning in. He's got Midland and Dow in the 54th City Championship matchup. The 59th meeting all-time between those two in-city rivals. Midland checks in with a 5-3 and three record. Dow is 4-4. Four and four. Playoff implications on the line. We've got plenty of time to talk about that game, including, uh, in addition tonight, maybe the biggest game in the state, a rematch of last year's Division Five state championship. You might be on your way to Frankenmuth and Gladwin. Down in Division Five. last year Gladwin got the victory down at Ford Field. Rematch now in Week 9 in the first ever regular season meeting between the Flying G's and the Eagles. Excited for that one. Obviously, Western and Central, Bullet Creek, Swan Valley in Week 9. Heritage is trying to finish off a strong season against Saginaw United. Standish Sterling is playing for their playoff lives here in Week 9, and so a ton to talk about on the high school football slate. But as we know, a lot to talk about in the college and pro slate as well. And to set the table for you, of course, we can always hear you, get you involved, hitting up the Frick's Text line 989-837-6125. Text in at 989-837-6125. I want to know where you're at tonight. What game are you at around the region? Where are you tailgating? Where are the kids throwing the football around right now? Fortunately, it's not raining. It was a little bit and maybe where you are. But as we look out here in Midland, it's not at the moment. That's good. I want to hear some score predictions too. Send them, oh. send them our way. Okay. All right. John said he got to uh, Midland Community Stadium tonight, one of the best uh, facilities in the Great Lakes Bay region and in the Saginaw Valley League, and someone asked him, hey, have you heard of Goose Poop? What? Goose Poop is a high school playoff predictor in the state of Michigan, very similar to a snooze to you. A lot of folks around the high school uh, game familiar with those two items, Goose Poop and Snooze, helping us trying to figure out Win and they're in, loss and they're out, loss and they're in, all those big-time questions. But, Ben, we want to start today piggybacking off of the biggest topic from yesterday with more new news rolling out today about this saga and investigation underway down in Ann Arbor. Uh, suspension was handed out today to one of, who knows, one of the spies. Yeah, it could be just one, but... Of the vast network possible that uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan football program have deployed across the Big Ten and potentially to other stadiums around the country. Again, these are all allegations. These are all uh, under investigation right now. But that coach, the name? He wasn't a coach, well, but Connor uh, Stallions. 
yes, Stallions, has been suspended with pay by the university. and uh, He's an off-field analyst. Yes. That's his title. Well, sounds so, like he was off-field enough to be on campus elsewhere. Sounds you know? like they could fire him right now, and it wouldn't make a difference in hmm. literally anything. So the Big Ten and the NCAA have asked to see his laptop in particular. That is going to be the latest in the investigative steps here, is that they want to see his laptop. And so Michigan is apparently complying with that, handing it over, but they have suspended him with pay for the time being as the investigation rolls on. I think yesterday, I was probably, well, I was definitely more heavy-handed on Michigan than you were. You were white knighting of sorts. No, I was Saying not. that it wasn't a big deal. That's not what and I was And that saying. who cares? Jim Harbaugh is going to win the championship this year, go yeah. take the job with the Chargers, and he'll be done in college football and no one needs to worry. Uh, I think yesterday I, I probably came across a little more heavy-handed than I wanted to be. I'm not going to sit here and say that the allegations are true, but I do think where there's smoke, there is probably some fire. Um, But I will also mention, and one thing that I didn't say yesterday that I think should be made clear, I think the NCAA sucks, right? I I think everyone is in agreement with that. An organization that benefits off the backs of, for the most part, unpaid labor and continues to, even with NIL money, and... Uh, does not kick back as much as they probably should to the universities that help them make the billions of dollars that they do. And so, do I think they might be pinpointing Jim Harbaugh, a guy that has been as outspoken as any college football coach, as he was to start this season, talking about those exact same things, about how the NCAA basically are frauds, and they rob students, they rob coaches, they rob universities of money, benefit for themselves. Do I think they don't like when comments are made like that by especially today, maybe the head coach of the best team in their organization and in college football? I would say they probably don't like that. Do I think they have targeted him? Do I think there is nothing here and they're doing this flippantly against a coach they don't like? I think that's going too far. Again, where there is smoke, there's probably a little bit of fire somewhere. And for me, I think it probably falls somewhere in between those two lines. But if if Michigan is uh, investigated and found to do what they, the NCAA and the Big Ten, have found them, or at least alleged them to have done, I think it's a big deal. But we've got to wait and that, sit in a holding pattern t- until then. That's where we're in agreement. If this, if if they do some investigating and they find out this Connor Stallions guy really was at other teams' stadiums and filming or taking notes as to other teams' sign, yeah, obviously... Michigan should be punished for that in some way, shape, or form. There isn't a written policy on as to what happens in the NCAA rule book that makes no sense um, for what happens if a team decide, uh, you know, breaks that violation. There's no set policy. Where I have a problem with the NCAA and more, not even the NCAA. Go ahead, do your investigation. I have a problem with where the Big Ten has stepped in and pretty much jumped into this lane, tried to get involved to where I'm thinking, let the NCAA do their stupid thing. Big 10, stay out of this. Stay in your lane. Some anonymous anonymous Big 10 source told reporters, this is worse than the Astros and Patriots. It's both the use of technology for a competitive advantage, and there's allegations that they're filming prior games, not just in-game. How can you say that during an active investigation there hasn't been anything found for all we know the ncaa might find absolutely jack nothing and they're not going to be able to suspend anybody 
So how can the Big Ten step in and start criticizing Michigan and going at Jim Harbaugh? This isn't the conference, though, making that statement. It is an anonymous source. It could just be an assistant coach for another team. But how can you come out with these allegations that it's worse than the Astros and it's worse than the Patriots? It's just reporting. When you don't have a clue what's going on. If Michigan gets investigated and the NCAA can't find anything, which I'm not saying is going to happen, like I said, if they find out that this guy was at other games, filming, whatever, which, by the way, this guy's been on the sideline every Michigan game over the past couple of years, so how he can be at two places at once, something I haven't figured out yet. You got an idea on how he can be at two places at once? Because as far as I'm concerned, it's physically impossible. Well, let's be careful here, though, right? Like, you're saying that these comments are being made by the conference. They're not. They're ma- being made by Big Ten sources. A Big Ten source said that could this be this is worse than the Astros and the Patriots. You have no idea. Could be a Their fringe investigation again, hasn't taken pause. place yet. Could be a fringe beat writer for a school that they played last year. This is not the Big Ten commissioner say this. This is a source that ESPN. The report came from ESPN. Found credible enough to publish. Again, so where there's smoke, there's probably fire. This is not Jimmy, the blog writer for Rutgers football feeding a story to ESPN and then being used as a mouthpiece. ESPN's reporting on this states that, yes, they have a source that says that Michigan used an elaborate scouting system to steal signals from future opponents since at least 2021 and that this operation is worse than both the Houston Astros and the New England Patriots. That's all that was said. Come out and say your name then. That's not how this works. What's really interesting to me, and so... You know, the huge show is on the air. Bill Simonson is on our air every day. And it's very similar to where you're kind of jumping in conclusions here. I don't really understand I'm why. I'm jumping anything. But you are. The, the investigation is ongoing. Right. And yes, Michigan is being dragged through the mud a little bit. And it is a little bit of guilty into, until proven innocent when it should be the opposite way. Which is why but the But there's NCAA- no way that an investigation starts like this and is not made public. That's all that's made happen. And what, what's a little frustrating from the outside looking in, not a Michigan fan here, not a Michigan State fan, is that Michigan fans have immediately jumped to the other side and stated, I don't get why any of this was said. Look, it's an ongoing Brad, investigation. I'm with, I'm with you. Because take into consideration what happened right before the season started. All of a sudden, all of a sudden it, uh, when, when the whole illegally recruiting during the COVID dead period investigation came out Michigan fans were so quick to say well all he did was buy a cheeseburger blah 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 it had nothing to do with the cheeseburger and that's what it got made about and you see all these Michigan beat reporters even so just trying to go at the NCAA saying Michigan did nothing wrong I'm not saying that if Michigan did violate these policies which we will find out after this investigation then yeah I'm I'll be the first to tell you they should be punished However, like you said, it it does feel like a guilty until proven innocent. And the unfortunate part is the NCAA can make whatever statement they want. And where, according to the NCAA, because of their restrictions, Michigan can't make a statement about anything. And they've been silenced just like they were a few months ago. That's that's true, though. They're not allowed to make it's an ongoing investigation, though. That's how they work. Right. But the NCAA is allowed to say things. That's where it. It, it it just it's just an unfortunate situation where the NCAA has I way guess. more power than they should. I guess, and just and to clarify, just make up rules. Just to clarify, the Big Ten has not made really any statement on this. They did yesterday afternoon, and they have not made one since. All they said was that late Wednesday afternoon, the Big Ten Conference and the University of Michigan were notified by the NCAA 
that they were was investigation alleging of steel signing. Yada, yada, yada. The conference will have no further comment at this time. Nothing has really been mentioned by the Big Ten itself. Right. This Besides them fr- informing Michigan State and that's other it. future that's opponents. It. And again, I'll clarify again. It's a sick joke. The Michigan State's president had to make a comment yesterday uh, stating that, oh, yeah, we're going to play the game. Well, no kidding. Okay. It's the softest, weirdest thing I've ever heard that Michigan State would contemplate not playing in the game. Let's Let's make that clear, too. Right. Yeah, that would be nuts. But... But the source that ESPN has about a quote regarding the Houston Astros and the New England Patriots. It's just ridiculous. Well, we've got to remember, the Houston Astros were not punished for what they did, okay? Yeah, but the NCAA has, has a history of stripping titles. and stri- they said, The NCAA said they might even strip wins where they think, like, Michigan's close to 1,000 wins. They might have to backpedal on that if the NCAA decides to not only take away Big Ten titles— but just wins in general. When I would argue if that, if, uh, what's his name again, the analyst? Connor Stallions. If Stallions was on campus, in stadium. Right, but he's at every Stealing Michigan signs game on the with technology, then yeah, I would probably say let's pull some wins, right? Let, maybe, but let's, let's let this thing play out first. Correct. Stallions is at every Correct. Michigan game on the sideline. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, I think, across the media landscape just a bit. But in an, on, an ongoing investigation is an ongoing investigation. To say that it's not fair, Michigan can't comment, I, I just don't agree. That's how these things work. That's how they always work. If Michigan is proven innocent through all of this, we can, everyone can celebrate. Everyone in Ann Arbor can celebrate. But right now, anyone saying that Michigan doesn't deserve this or is getting dragged through the mud or is being, uh, you know, their wins are being taken away or it's a bad connotation on the program, nothing has been proven yet. That's right. you personally jumping to conclusions. Not you, Ben, but you personally, listeners, jumping to conclusions to defend your university, which is fine. But it's an ongoing investigation. They suspended the analyst. That's a little fishy. There are multiple sources. With pay. Yeah, there are multiple sources. We've got the, we've got the weird Greg Schiano stuff, right? Like, it, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle here. And that's where some of this, you know, there's got to be a gray area when we're talking about these things. There's got to be a difference between what Bill is talking about from three to six on our airwaves of this is the biggest witch hunt ever and that everyone just wants to tear down Jim Harbaugh and the idea that, look, man, there's three ongoing investigations. Yeah, I get it. They're a good football team and there's a target on their back now. And this is what happens when you win a lot of football games. People try to find ways to screw you over. I get that, too. But he hasn't been the cleanest cookie in the jar. Right, but at, at the same, I agree with you. Jim Harbaugh's not the cleanest guy. But it, it does feel like they go after Jim Harbaugh in a way where they don't go after and they don't look behind the curtain for a lot of these other programs. No, but they went after the Dabo. They went after Dabo in 2021 when there was some sign-stealing stuff. They've been after Nick Saban. They've and done they this and they against... they get in trouble for it. Correct, and Michigan may not either. But to say this is a Michigan-only or Harbaugh-only thing, the same thing happened two years ago. With Dabo. Okay, nothing was found. All right, we move on. Does anyone even remember that? No. The same thing happened five, five plus years ago. Saban gets investigated. It's what happens when you're at the top, and you should almost just take that as a compliment if you're a Wolverine fan. And, and, and really, outside of that, it's become probably a bigger news story than it should be. But it's because, because it's the block M. It's the block M. And it's Jim Harbaugh. That's right. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. All right. Glad to have you with us on a Friday night. High school football takes us the rest of the way. We've got a lot to preview around the region as well as John Vacari sitting out at Midland and Dow Midland Community Stadium. Week 9 matchup, city championship game for the 54th time ever here in Midland. 
but there's a bunch of other big games we want to get into. And if you want to chime in, do it at the Frick Sports Bar text line, 989-837-6125. That's 989-837-6125. We're back with more after this on the all-new Sports Radio 100.9 The Mid. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9 The Mid. The payoff fueled each and every day by Forward Energy Forward Convenience Stores. Glad to have you with us. Friday night, week nine in the MHSA football season. And our game tonight, Midland against Dow. John Vicari is out at Midland Community Stadium again. 54th ever city championship game. Rivalry dates back to 1970. Midland holds the all-time mark in the city championship games, 38-15. to They've also met, uh, I think, five times. Let's see, four. Yes, five times in the playoffs. And Midland has taken four of those five. They have won 42 of 58 matchups overall against the Dow Chargers this year. Teams are a little down. They only come into Week 9 with a combined nine wins. Uh, There was actually a stretch of 17 straight years of those two teams combining for at least 10 wins coming into Week 9. That was from 2003 to 2019. Of course, 2020 was only a six-game regular season, so it was a struggle for them, obviously, to get to 10 by then. They couldn't, and now only nine wins entering this year. Midland is 5-3. Dow is 4-4. And both are right near the cut line of the Division II playoff picture. Midland comes in ranked number 26 in the Division II playoff points rankings. They're sitting comfortable right now. And even with a loss, even with a loss, Goose Poop has them in, but one spot behind Dow. Now, trusting Goose Poop, when I ran the math... I saw a Dow win leading to Midland finishing with 55 playoff points, Dow with 54.777. Dow checks in 4 and 4. They're number 34 in the Division 2 rankings right now. Of course, the top 32 make it in each division. Half of each division makes it in the state of Michigan. So 32 of the 64, Dow is at 34 right now on the outside looking in. If they lose, they're done. They've got to win to get in. And if they lose tonight, Though I've missed the playoffs in back-to-back years, it'll be the first time that's happened to the Dow football program since 2011 and 2012 before Mm. they ripped off nine straight appearances from 2013 to 2021. Ben, any input on the matchup tonight? Well, Dow's looking to bounce back. Yes. Because if you look at the last two games Dow's played, they've been thumped. They've given up 42 in both games, both contests, one against Heritage, last week against Mount Pleasant and only put up a combined seven points. So in the last, I'm going to pull some Brad Tunney math off here. In the last two games, they're being outscored 84 to 7. Now you got to be able to respond to rivalry week here for the Dow versus Midland game. That's going to be the key. Can you bounce back, Brad? And on the other side for Midland, coming off a massive win, they take down Lapeer, a Division I school from down in the SVL South Division in Genesee County, 41-24. to Somewhat of a surprising victory there. Caught me off guard in Week 8. But what it did was put them in position to control their destiny. A loss last week, and they would have needed a win tonight. Right. Pretty now, convincing win, too. Yeah. Against, again, a good Lapeer group. That's usually tough for the teams up in the SVL North to play. Not this time around. Chemex lay the beat down on them. And as you mentioned, the Chargers outscored 84-7 to in the last two weeks against Heritage and on the road against Mount Pleasant. Those are two playoff teams 
Heritage in Division Two, Mount Pleasant in Division Three. Heritage has got a chance to wrap up one of their most successful seasons in program history. They're playing Saginaw United tonight. They haven't won yet. Heritage is going to blow them out. And uh, the Hawks will likely finish with, I believe, eight wins on the year. A couple more notes on this Midland-Dow matchup. Snooze to You has, with a Midland win, they would actually be playing Heritage in a 2-3 matchup in the district. Mm. Now, Goose Poop, as I mentioned, actually has Midland ahead of Dow if, uh, sorry, Dow ahead of Midland by a quarter of a playoff point. Uh, And look, Dow has had some tough losses this year to get to the position they are right now. You look at their week one game against Fenton, a good group, but just a two-point loss. And then a three-point loss in week five in what was a conference game against Traverse City West. Mm-hmm. Those two losses have put them now at four and four. Again, a loss for Dow, and they're out. There's no way, based on playoff point structure or wins around the state, that would help them. If they lose, they're done. They would finish four and five. If they win, if they win, I believe they would be in. Goose Poop says they would be. Now, part of the issue here for Dow is they're actually behind a couple of schools in the standings. You might remember that, you know, back in the day, 10 years ago, whatever, before the full playoff point structure came through, if you won six games, you were automatically in, and then sometimes five, but you couldn't get in with four wins. There are actually two teams, two teams ahead of them right now in the standings. And so Dow is number 34 in playoff points. There are teams at number 31 and number 32 that only have three wins right now. And if they both win, they'd finish with four. And as of right now, finish ahead of Dow, even though they would be four and five and Dow would be five and four because of the playoff point structure. And so a lot on the line in the city championship game, they always pack that stadium anywhere between five, eight, ten thousand 10,000 folks, depending on the type of year, the weather, how many folks have returned for the contest. Awesome part of our community. Glad to have it on our airwaves, beginning with pregame coverage out there with John Vicari at 650. John and I were talking yesterday, and we agreed Roger Goodell in the NFL is more likely to have the Super Bowl in that stadium than London. All these supposed talks of a London London Super Bowl. I don't know what that means. As we move along, Frankenmuth and Gladwin. Use your brain. He thinks, wait, so you guys think they're so going to put Ro- a Super Bowl Roger, in London? Roger Goodell, no. Roger Goodell told London we've had internal conversations about having a Super Bowl in London. Interesting. I I imagine those conversations went something like this. You guys think we're going to have a Super Bowl in London ever? Screw you. No. Oh, okay. And then that was the end of the conversation. No way. Let's move on to another big-time game in the region tonight. Partners of ours, WNAM TV 5, they're at this game, in fact. A top 10 matchup in the state of Michigan. Frankenmuth, Gladwin, First ever regular season meeting between these two programs. How lucky are we in this region tonight that last year, the Division Five state championship came down to two listening area schools, the Flying G's and the Eagles, in their first ever matchup as programs. And then they come back the following year and are scheduled in week nine before the start of the playoffs. Second meeting ever, Frankenmuth 7-1, and one, eighth in Division Five in playoff points right now, but ranked number five according to the Associated Press. Gladwin is 7-1, 14th in playoff points in Division 5, ranked one peg behind Frankenmuth at number 6 in the AP rankings. I'd say we're blessed. That's how I would answer your Ah, question. ah. We are blessed. Just like all the other football we've got this weekend. Right. Lions, Ravens, State, Michigan. It's going to be great. The Flying G's, by the way, Mm -hmm. one of the best 
nicknames I've ever you heard. like that huh? not not even just high school but college you like that professionals that's that's incredible Frank and Moot's the power here they've gotten 13 straight playoff appearances 13 straight playoff appearances for Frankenmuth they have not lost twice in a regular season which is what is in play tonight because they fell in week one at the big house against Goodrich who's a top five team in division four but Frankenmuth has not lost twice in a regular season since 2018 mm. and it's the only time it's happened in the last 13 years and so that's what Gladwin is trying to do to the Eagles tonight on top of that just get another win against what is considered to be the number one team in Division 5 year in and year out in our region. Gladwin proved it wasn't last year with a win at Ford Field. Can they do it again tonight? Now, Frankenmuth's loss, as we said, came against Goodrich in Week 1. That was down in Ann Arbor. They have dominated since, man. Who, Goodrich or Frankenmuth? Frankenmuth. I mean, you look at some of these scores, and it doesn't even feel real. 48-13, to 35-6. 61 to 0 shutout against uh Birch Run. 50 to 14 versus Swan Valley. I mean, there's no one score games. There's no two score games. There's no three score game. Every single week on Friday, Frankenmuth shows up to a stadium, whether it be their own or their opponents, and they knock a team out cold. They have been blowing teams out all season long ever since that lost uh week one to Goodrich. It's been a machine of an offense. 50, 60, 50 every week. It's really impressive stuff what they're doing down in Frankenmuth this year. Shout out to our guy, Mark Pearson, sports director at WNAM TV5, chiming in. He's out at the game right now. Again, that's their game of the week tonight. Gladwin, 30-2 and two in their last 32 games. They've mm. lost twice in their last 32. You know how many games you play in a regular season. It's nine, plus some playoff games. That's like a three-year run of only two combined losses. Frankenmuth, meanwhile, last 47 games, Ben, they've only lost four times. They're 43-4. and four. In the last 47, something gives tonight. If you're looking for a prediction, snooze to you. Again, plays the week eight and a half favorites to win game to see what the playoff picture could look like next week. They think Frankenmuth will win. And if they do, they'd be the one seed in a district with Flint Hamity, Swan Valley, and Birch Run. Gladwin, with a loss, would be the two seed in Ogama Heights district. And Omaha, uh, Ogama Heights is a power this year. So, two biggest games in the region, Midland and Dow. That one you'll hear on our airwaves, and the other one that we're excited to follow and see a result from tonight, Frankenmuth against Gladwin. John Vacari at Midland Community Stadium will be relaying score updates from that one throughout our broadcast tonight. As always, it's fueled by Forward Energy. We're going to take another timeout, come back, talk to you about a couple of other games around the area, Bay City Western and Central, of course, in Week 9, Swan Valley and Bullet Creek, in a matchup fighting for their playoff lives tonight, and Standish Sterling at 4-4 four and four, trying to sneak in in Division 5. We'll touch on all those games after this. More of the Great Lakes Bay Region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. We are back. Almost time to send it out to John Vacari at Midland Community Stadium, but we've got you for a little while longer on tonight's edition of the payoff, John, uh, John, not John, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Hair is just as nice, though. I know you guys are really passionate about your quaffs up top. Uh, sure, yeah. A little less product in yours, though, I think, right? I don't wear any product in my hair. Right. John needs it is the thing. <laughs> John needs it. The, Ita- the New York, the slicked back. Yeah, He's yeah. He's like a gangster. Yeah, wannabe. Like a mobster. Yeah, wannabe. Uh, big games, uh, here he is with the text already. Wannabe. Here we go. So, 
Big games this week across the state. Of course, the biggest Lions, Ravens, maybe the best game in the NFL this weekend outside of Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that's a good. Sunday which, of course, game. can be heard right here on Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Any uh, kind of closing thoughts before the weekend and before some more high school talk on uh, the Lions game this weekend? Yeah, this 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 is really going to be the first real test for both of these teams, to be honest. I mean, the Lions, yes, have played a lot of great teams. And, um, you know, you look at the Lions schedule in terms of what they've done simply this season. You don't look at anything else. They've got the best resume in football. However, this thing that the Lions are so held up on right now is the fact that they're number one in the NFL in rushing yards allowed. Well, let's be honest. The Lions haven't played a powerhouse of a unit yet. They haven't played this great rushing attack yet. So this Sunday, one o'clock against this Baltimore team, who has been one of the premier rushing attacks ever since John Harbaugh took over as the head coach of the Ravens about a decade ago. They have been one of the best units in the NFL, year in and year out at running the football. Now, they're having a bit of a down year doing it, but that still, they're number one in rushing attempts. Lamar Jackson is just kind of brings his own threat, his own style. That's a completely different kind of weapon, different than anything else in the NFL, that the Lions are really going to be tested on on Sunday, it's going to be a good test for this unit. Whereas you look at Baltimore, I get it. They have a four and two record. They're sitting uh, tied for first place right now in their division. But let's be honest. They haven't been tested a whole ton either. Week mm-hmm. one, they play rookie week. I get CJ Stroud has been phenomenal, but they played a week one first game. CJ Stroud. Then they played a banged up Joe Burrow. Then they played uh, Anthony Richardson. Then they played Dorian Thompson, whatever his name is for DTR. DTR. Yeah, if John was here, he would have said it. Kenny Pickett. And then whatever, whoever the hell the Titans sent out last week. I think they played a combination of Malik Willis uh, and Ryan Tannehill. So this is going to be the first real offensive threat, offensive powerhouse that they've played all season long. And they're second in DVOA in defense. But this is the first. I mean, let's not get it twisted. The Lions have a powerhouse of an offense right now. It just seems like a machine that has not been stopped this season. So it's a little bit of a strength on strength matchup here. I'm excited. Baltimore, every quarter yards per play goes down. Efficiency goes down. They come out of the gate hot, just like the lions do, but they just tend to, I don't want to say fall apart, but dwindle teams start to figure them out towards the fourth quarter. And they are one of the least efficient teams. In fact, they're 30th in fourth quarter offensive efficiency. So this is going to come down to, can the Lions be consistent all four quarters? I I think they can. We've seen it. We've seen it. So this is going to come down to the second half. I really do believe that. It's going to be a low-scoring game, and I I really do trust the offense to get this thing done. Let us know what high school football game you're heading to or tailgating from or sitting inside the stadium at right now. 989-837-6125. Shoot us a text. 989-837-6125. 837-6125. Colin Cowherd on the air today, Ben, uh, updated his Super Bowl bubble. Who's within that. the Super Bowl bubble? The Ravens and the Lions are both in. And outside of that, there's only five other teams in it. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Jags. Only he didn't s- have the Dolphins in there? Dolphins, Cowboys, and Bengals out. Mm. Those are the three that were moved out. But the seven that are in, Lions, Niners, Bills... Jags, Eagles, Chiefs, and the Lions opponent this weekend, 
the Ravens. The Jags looked pretty good yesterday, Brad. And they did. For some reason, you didn't pick them once again. I didn't. I should. I look. I liked your card yesterday. We went through it. I'm probably going to have a bad card this week, and you have a good one. And I and I kind of knew it in real time. Jaguars. I know a, what you're A little bit of right a surprising now. stat. A little bit of a surprising stat with them. They have uh, like rattled off. Forget what it is. They're like what eleven and three or something in their last. 13 yeah. games. I and, mean, they, and two they, of those losses are to the Chiefs. Right. And they, I mean, they had a similar start and in, in end to the season last year as the Lions did. They mm-hmm. started out really poor. And then in the second half of the season, they just turned things around and they went as far as winning a playoff game, coming back from 27 to 0 versus that Chargers team. And now, again, they started the season uh, relatively slow. They were 1 and 2. And whatever happened in London, they figured it out. They're 5 mm-hmm. and 2 now. Uh, they haven't lost since they went to London. This is a legit team out in the AFC. I'm, I'm excited to keep seeing him play. Trevor Lawrence, he's the he's the guy out there right now. Closing in, 25 minutes away from kickoff in Midland Community Stadium, the 54th city championship game between Midland and Dow. The Chemex check in at 5-3. and three. The Chargers are 4-4. Four and four. Snooze to you has Midland winning this game, and if they do, they'd be the three seed on the road in round one of the districts against the Heritage Hawks. Goose Poop does say that if Dow wins, they would be in getting one of the final spots in Division Two. Right now, the Chargers are on the outside looking in, but a lot of results to take place around the state tonight. The other big-time matchup in the region, number five, Frankenmuth, against number six, Gladwin. Those are the statewide rankings in Division Five, and it's a rematch of last year's Division Five state championship that Gladwin won en route to a perfect 14-0 record. That was a 10-7 final from Ford Field last year. Tonight is the second meeting ever between those two schools. Of course, Bay City Western, Bay City Central going on tonight over across the bridge. Central is just 1-7. They're not in play for the postseason, but the Warriors are out of Auburn. Bay City Western at 4-4. Four four. As it sits right now, they've got the final spot in Division Three. They are number 32 of a possible 32 teams going into the Division Three playoffs. Bay City Western has won three straight against the Wolves, who had won seven prior. These rivalries typically go in runs, and right now Western is on the favorable side. And Western's got one of the best rushing attacks uh, in the league right now. First across the board in terms of rushing yards, and really outside of Midland, it's it's really not even close. They're above two thousand or over two thousand yards, two thousand two hundred and sixty nine to be exact. Only Midland has over, they're also in the 2000s. But those are the only two schools above 1,500. That shows you how incredible they've been on the ground uh, so far this season. So that's the key to stopping that team. Make sure you take away the run. A couple of 5-3 and three teams matching up. These are uh, not conventional rivals, but meeting here in Week 9, Bullet Creek, the Lancers, just on the inside of the Division Six playoff picture, number 31 in playoff points. Again, only 32 teams get in in each division. Bullet Creek, number 31 right now, taking on Swan Valley, who is comfortable in the Division Five playoff picture at number 18 with a 5-3 and three record. Snooze says Bullet Creek is actually favored in this game despite being a division down and behind in those rankings. But Snooze favors the Lancers in this one, and if they win, they would be the four seed in a district against the one seed, Claire. Goose Poop does indicate that if Bullet Creek loses, they would be out of the playoff picture with a 5-4 and four finish. Snooze indicates that Swan Valley still in with what they think is going to be a loss. So Swan Valley would get into Division 5 with a 5-4 and four record. Bullet Creek, according to Goose Poop, 
would be out with a loss. According to them, they're playing for their playoff lives tonight. Standish Sterling also playing for their playoff lives. With a win, they're in. Goose Poop would have them with the number 32 spot in Division 5. They'd be the last team in if they can come away with a win against Ovid LC tonight. Snooze to you also confirms that if Standish Sterling wins, they would be in. But Ovid LC is not a, 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 a bad opponent to play in Week 9. They're 21st right now in the Division 6 standings. We're going to take one final timeout. Come back. Lay out the full slate of games in our listening area and then toss it to our game of the night. John Vacari is out at Community Stadium for Midland and Dow. Just one final break to get to right here on The Payoff. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Back one final time before we send things out to John Vacari at Midland Community Stadium. Glad to have you with us on a Friday night. Ton of high school football coverage this evening. It's time to lay out the full slate of games in our listening area, beginning with Pinconning and Saginaw Valley Lutheran. We move along then to Bay City Western at Bay City Central. John Glenn is at home tonight. Midland and Dow, of course, on our airwaves. Freeland looking to shut down an eight-win season. Top 10 team in their division, according to the AP rankings. They're hosting Croswell-Lexington, Croslex, as it's known. Bullet Creek at Swan Valley. We mentioned that one already. A couple of teams fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, Saginaw United on the road against Heritage. They're looking for an eight-win year. How about Lutheran Seminary hosting Kaz City? Meridian is at Hemlock. Another good one that we didn't have time to mention tonight. Uh, let's see here. We've also got Hamity at Bridgeport. Claire at Petoskey. Uh, Shepherd is at Ithaca. Mount Pleasant been strong in Division Three. They're at Linden. Powerhouse. That's right. That's right. Standish Sterling, we mentioned, at Ovid Elsie. Garber is hosting Langsburg. Beaverton is at Morley Stanwood. And Frankenmuth is at Gladwin. A lot along the slate. Want to uh, get you set with some playoff teams. Again, Snooze to You does this thing where if the favorites win in Week 9, who in our listening area will be playing postseason football? Heritage and Midland would be together in a district in Division Two. Those would be the only listening area schools in. Dow would be out with a loss tonight. In Division Three, Mount Pleasant, again, looking to finish with eight wins this year. They'd have the top seed in their district. And Bay City Western would be the only other team in our listening area in, in Division Three. They would be in a district with Fenton, Holly, and Linden. That's only if Bay City Western wins tonight against BCC, and they are very much favored to do so to finish their season at 5-4. and four. Scooting down to Division Four, we take a peek at Freeland, who is trying to finish with seven wins on the year. A victory tonight would give them that, but they're playing a good Croslex team. They're not favored in that game. Croslex is favored because they're also 7-1 and one going into the matchup. If Freeland loses, they would still be in. They'd be in a district with Goodrich, Ortonville, Brandon, and Lake Fenton, but would begin their slate on the road this year. Now down in Division 5, Standish Sterling playing for their postseason lives tonight. If uh, they, let's see. If they win, which they are favored to do, they would sneak into the playoffs. They'd be the four seed in the Ogemaw Heights district, and they would be joining Gladwin in that district as well. Gladwin not favored tonight. If they lose, they would still be the two seed. Frankenmuth is favored in that matchup, according to Snooze to you at least. They would finish 8-1, and one, have a one seed. They'd be in the same district with Birch Run, Flint Hamity, 
and Saginaw Swan Valley. Come on, say goose poop for us again. You want the goose poop, right? I know you want it. Down in Division 6, any listening area schools? Claire, uh, looking to finish their season at 7-2. They would be hosting Bullet Creek in District 2 of Region 2 in Division 6. That would be an intriguing matchup for us. Uh, And then that's looking like it in Division 6. Division 7, Ben. Division 7, Beaverton is sitting right now at 5-3, and three, but they're favored against Morley Stanwood tonight if they win. Snooze to you is saying they would be the two-seed in their district. And uh, that would be it for us in Division 7. Down in Division 8, Ben, anything move our needle? How about... Now, Ithaca's a little outside. Michigan Lutheran Seminary, 6-2 and two right now. Not favored in Week 9, but even with a loss, which is what they're expected to do, they would be the three-seed in their district. Uh, Ubley looking to finish their season 9-0. and oh. They're one of the best teams down in Division 8. And I think that's all we have for you guys. I heard John had like four different energy drinks. It's just buzzing up in He's the booth. He's pumped for it as go. he should be. Biggest game on our high school football slate all season. It, of course, is fueled by our friends at Forward Energy and Forward Convenience Stores. Super excited you get a chance to tune in to this, the finale of Week 3. On the all-new Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. We'll be back with the payoff Monday night, 6 o'clock, to dissect a full slate of weekend football. Hopefully a Lions win, a Michigan blowout. Hopefully. A a Dow victory, maybe, so both teams can get into the playoffs. We don't want to pick sides in either of those. But either way, it's time now to send it out to John Vacari for our coverage of high school football tonight.